Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Randall Show, we talk about dealing with wrist pain in a weight-bearing position. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. The latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here with crew champion PT and performance up in Boston. I feel like my intros are getting faster. I should slow down, right? But anyway, uh, I'm here with Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Lisa Lowe, Kevin Coughlin, Mike Scaduto, Dewesh Podell, and Lenny Macrina here answering all your questions. PT, fitness, sports performance, career advice, head to MikeRound.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to keep asking us questions. Len, who do we have for students today? We have uh, numerous students at this point, and it's just going to keep growing, uh, but we love them all, we love them all equally. Um, we have uh, Dean Beno from George Washington University down somewhere in the middle of Atlantic, I think Maryland, maybe somewhere down there. Uh, we have Sean Bean from UNLV out in Nevada. We have Dan Chappelle, Chappelle from University of Rhode Island, and we have the Duke ladies, Grace Suggs and Aaliyah Penner from Duke University. <laughs> I felt like there, you, there's one more thing you were going to say, so I was letting you go. You know, you know, it's funny. I feel like, you know, every time we get to the student introduction and Lenny has to do this, I feel like you have, you, you're still like, you know, you gather yourself takes you a couple of moments of momentum to kind of get going, even though we're doing this over and over. I, I work with them every day and I harass them all day long and I still have to write down who exactly we have. So I know exactly I have to take inventory at this point. Wait till next year when we have a lot more students. I, I you know, I, I don't act it in, unfortunately. I don't blame you. I <laughs> firmly remember the day that I delegated the task of, of announcing the students to you because I, because <laughs> I think I forgot somebody's name once or something. They were brand new though. Give me some credit. It was like their first week. Week. And you know you don't want to be put on. Yeah, you don't. You sorry, don't you sorry don't Cody. Put, yeah, you don't want to be put on the spot. But anyway, all right. What do we have for a question today? Who is up? All right, I got this one. So we have James from Salt Lake City. What strategies do you use to treat pain with wrist extension in weight bearing positions? This seems to be a common issue with athletes of all levels. Despite spending lots of time memorizing intricate details about the hand in school, I feel like I have a poor grasp on how to treat issues like this. Awesome. That, that, that's a great question, James. Uh, you know, I actually appreciate that too, because I appreciate what you added there at the end, right? Like we study so much about the hand, but then you have, you know, pain with weight bearing and you're like, well, the hand's not even a weight bearing joint. So this doesn't really add up anatomically for what I was expecting. But um, yeah, this is definitely something I think we're seeing more and more as people get more into fitness, right? And we have like the fitness athletes out there that are doing lots of things like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hate to call on somebody, but I feel like this is such a Dave Tilly moment right here, just with the gymnastics, right? I'm, you know, there's 
there's there's there's you have lots of weight bearing and impact type things with the wrist. But why, why don't we start off with that? And and obviously, Dave, the gymnast is one thing, but like also just like our our typical type of patients. Why don't we, why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about maybe why that might happen, and then some things that that you tend to do. What's up, Dave? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, like you said, the joint is not, uh, the whole arm is not really built for weight bearing, right? Like you don't have the evolutionary mileage that you have from your hips and meniscus and cartilage in your knees to support that. Like the ankle is analogous to the wrist and you don't have this large calor dome that could protect the wrist. So it's uh, definitely not built for that. Um, and also if you look at the research on like where the force goes, it's definitely not equally distributed. So there's like not like 85 to 93% of the weight bearing forces go on the radial side to the scaphoid. So you have like a very large possibility <laughs> depending on what you're doing, push-ups or, you know, whatever, all the way up to, if you are a gymnast or doing handstands and stuff, like you have a lot of body weight going on a very focal, small surface area within the scaphoid, the weight-bearing uh, portion of the scaphoid. So it's pretty easy to have uh, issues pop up there, <clears throat> similar to like cartilage in the knee when you have a really large amount of force through a small surface area. So that's a risk factor. And then also too is, um, I think a lot of people are, are doing grip work that are in the general fitness industry, right? So they're barbells, kettlebells, dumbbells, whatever. Um, in the same way that someone who has very stiff calves may limit dorsiflexion in the ankle and change the kinematics of the joint, uh, limited flexor pronator mass, um, and fish flexor pronator forearm soft tissue can definitely limit the, uh, extension of the wrist, which can obviously put more pressure on the joint. So that's kind of a background. Um, I think that most people also don't do a ton of wrist conditioning before they get into weight bearing stuff. They just kind of do pushups. Like some of our friends who are very high level gymnasts do like a crazy amount of wrist prehab and rehab the same way that a baseball player might do for their elbow and their forearm. So um, it's typically not something they work on, but yeah, in terms of dealing with it, I think the first step is screening out mobility, which isn't often thought about. So um, the same way you can do a weight bearing dorsiflexion test, there's no literature on this, but you can do a weight bearing uh, closed chain uh, wrist extension test. That's what we use for most of the athletes that we work with. So you have someone go quadruped and you just essentially put them on the corner of a box or uh, a table and you see if they can get their shoulder to translate all the way over their wrist. Like you probably want to see about 100, 110 degrees because that's what most people need to fully do weight bearing with push-ups or stuff. So you'd probably want to screen that first and then uh, figure out if someone has a mobility limitation. And the two things that would be with that are, like I said, forearm soft tissue. So getting a lot of soft tissue work, with uh, flexor pronator soft tissues and doing a lot of stretching for that is pretty good. Um, and then the joint itself can be limited as well. If somebody has a cranky or irritable joint, the same way you could have like a anterior talar joint irritation, you could have problems there too. So the same joint glides you would do on the ankle, we would just do joint glide on the wrist as well and try to have somebody do that in a closed chain position. And then from there, after you look locally, you kind of zoom out globally and see, does someone have limited overhead elevation if they are doing things that require overhead? Sometimes if people pressing barbells with their wrist back, like it's not weight bearing, quote unquote, but it still bugs in the same way that, you know, doing pushups might. So clearing up any overhead mobility limitations or T-spine mobility stuff is good. Getting really strong upper back and scap to try to support some of the forces overhead. Um, if someone does have an issue that's not able to be solved with some of those things, you do want to modify a little bit. So maybe change their grip position to ear to neutral and pushups. Or they do make braces that gymnasts use to kind of prevent that end range extension if someone just doesn't have great wrist flexibility. So yeah, I would say just work your way through the maybe what can change, what's modifiable versus what's not. And then just see if there's a way you can still get them to their goals without, you know, too much pressure. All right. 
Yeah, I just wanted to pause just to let that all sink in because that was a that was a that was an impressive answer. Did you prepare for this or something? That was like that was that was like a dissertation. Seven gyms per month with, <laughs> you know that that that's very interesting. That was a very Lenny esque type response right there too. That was my Lenny rant when we get the com- complete dissertation on a topic in five minutes without pausing to breathe. That's a, that, that that was impressive, Dave. <laughs> um, well, see, I, so I got a question, and anybody. Just jump in on this one too. So I, I, I think obviously everything Dave just said was amazing. Um, what about instability, which I don't think you've really touched on as much, but like, what, what about somebody that has a loose wrist? Because I think I see that quite a bit. They have a loose wrist, then they start doing a bunch of stuff. Is that a thing? Do people see that? Anybody else want to jump in on that? I, you know, it, I think it kind of goes back to that whole point we we're talking about before is that the wrist wasn't really designed for what we want to throw at it. You know, you see this in the weightlifting world as well. So if you think about a snatch, when you snatch and catch a barbell, especially if you're lifting a lot of weight, you're at end ranges, right? End range extension, even the same thing in a a bench press. I mean, talk to Dewey about his wrist and how his wrists feel when he bench presses. He's got a lot of mobility all over his body, especially in his wrists. And I think when you have an unstable joint and you're asking it to bear a lot of load and it wasn't designed to do that, it's even more challenging for the wrist joint, right? So I think for those folks, you're probably going to have to do even more strengthening, right? <clears throat> Just to build on what Dave said earlier, because I see this a lot because I don't, I don't work with gymnasts. So gymnasts, gymnasts classically do a ton of conditioning for the wrists, right? Um, and they still have trouble. Uh, my guys are, you know, let's say you're 40 years old and you decide to do a handstand for the first time in your life and you've never loaded your wrist and it starts to hurt. And like, why does my wrist hurt? I mean, like, well, we haven't done any conditioning. So part of it is that we, A, have to get you out of pain, but then you have this monumental task of building up the wrist strength and stability to support your full body weight, right? And you're working against your anatomy and what the wrist was, you know, designed to do. So I think, you know, to go back to your point, someone who's hypermobile is probably going to have an even tougher time. Right. And, and again, just like some of the other joints that we talk about when you're, when you're looking for, um, you know, high level of stress at end range of mobility in a joint that probably has some laxity, you know, th- those kind of add up sometimes to, you know, a bit of a, a poor recipe. Right. And I don't think we, we often like look at the wrist joint like that. Right. We talk about high velocity and high forces at end range of motion for things like the shoulder, for example. But for some reason, we don't uh, say that, you know, hey, when you're doing a, a push up or a handstand, uh, that's at, extreme end range of motion of wrist extension for you. That's a, a unique position that you may not be ready for. So, um, Mike, what do you think? Well, I was just going to touch more on the modifications of certain exercises that you can do. Dave touched on, you know, moving to a more neutral grip, uh, wrist position for a pushup. So a couple of ways that I will do that is have people do, um, pushups holding dumbbells. So the dumbbells on the fl- resting on the floor and their hand is in a more neutral position. Um, that can obviously eliminate that end range extension position. Um, if you want to be more specific to a traditional pushup, you could throw a little bit of a wedge or, a, a rubber pad under the heel of their hand that would put them into a little bit more, uh, wrist flexion to start. And then I would limit that wrist extension, um, at the bottom of the pushup. Um, in terms of the bench press, you could try different types of thickness of bar. If you have access to that. Uh, maybe a thicker bar would help to limit some stress on the wrist, maybe put a little more stress on the muscle around the wrist. Um, but sometimes the thinner bar, in my experience, can cause more wrist extension in the bench press. Um, so that'd be a couple of ways you could modify, you know, existing exercises to decrease stress 
And then you probably want to look at your overall volume of loading through the wrist, kind of as we discussed. Um, when you start adding all those things together, probably more stress than you realize. Um, so you probably want to cut back on some of the volume of certain exercises that put more stress on the wrist. Yeah, that's great, Mike. And and think about it too. Like oftentimes you're you're even let's say you're doing a push up, right? You're doing that for a push based strength, right? You don't want the wrist to be your limiting factor for your ability to actually get some benefit from that exercise. So um, yeah, I think that's I think that's fantastic. Uh, uh, Dwesh, anything that if if somebody comes to you in the gym and they have this pain with wrist extension, anything else that you would do? Is there anything you do like coaching wise? Are there cues? Are there is there you know improper technique with some of the things? Sometimes, what do you think? Yeah, I think Mike definitely covered a lot of the modifications that I was going to mention. I think using a fat bar is a really good way to kind of take someone who wants to continue bench pressing and building some pushing strength um, and put them in a position where their wrist is good enough to press and get the benefits of a good pressing exercise. Um, Then obviously the modification is the pushups. The things as far as like other modifications technique wise and stuff like that, that I I tend to look at, um, or maybe even just like, are you prepared to do an exercise like this is I think going to go back to the idea of screening for mobility, right? So an example that we see quite a bit is let's say we have a college athlete that has to do cleans in their strength conditioning program at school. So we got to try to get them to do cleans in their summer off season training program. Well, are you able to catch a safe clean in a front rack, right? If you're not like, maybe we take the first month to really build up that mobility, build up a little bit of tolerance to get back into that, you know, wrist extension position. And then, you know, try to, you know, work our way back into that catching a clean position. And then maybe in the meantime, we get to work on some front squats with a wrist strap holding you up here like this. Um, so those are kind of the things that, that I tend to go to. But yeah, I think, uh, I think Mike did a good job of covering a lot of the, the modifications as far as different tools that we can use to put people in positions where they can still train the rest of their body without having something as simple as a wrist limitation, you know, preventing you from doing stuff that gets you big and strong. Yeah, that's a good point. I bet you a lot of people jump right into things like cleans, for example, just because, mm-hmm. you know, that's in their program this month, but maybe they, they haven't been screened to see if they have the mobility for that. I wonder if that for starts sure. to, to aggravate it. Uh, so one last question I have, because I just think it, it'll it'll really help piece this together. I want to go back to Dan for this one a little bit here, but you talked about a lot of people just jump in without having the capacity to potentially do that. Can you just touch on that real quick on if you had somebody that wants to get into things like handstand pushups or something and they don't have the capacity, what are just a couple ways that you help them build up that workload to be able to tolerate that stress? Um, I think it really depends on, you got to meet the person where they are, you know? Um, I actually think just regular strength training is a great way to build up the strength of your wrist. Um, it's funny, we don't we don't think about the wrist from a training perspective or the wrist or the hand, really. You don't have like bodybuilders doing like hand day, you know what I mean? There's no wrist day of the week, but really we put stress on it just like anything else, you know? I think a really good way to build up some strength and capacity of the wrist is to just do basic barbell and dumbbell pressing exercises, because generally speaking, you're going to have the wrist in a little bit of extension while you're pressing, right? So that's a good basic starting place. Um, from there, you can start doing some weight bearing. Uh, and usually that's in a push up position. Maybe that's an elevated push up to start. Uh, from there, I like to work to different crawl variations. Uh, and then from there, you can do more challenging overhead stuff um, like wall walks, I think is a really good one that doesn't put you at full end range wrist extension, um, but is very challenging on the wrist. And then you can work up over the course of time. Um, I actually have a bunch of weird rehab exercises. I'll probably make an Instagram post over the course of time that helps to strengthen uh, the wrist. But your basic wrist strengthening is often ignored, right? So resisted 
uh, wrist flexion, wrist extension. I also like a lot of uh, arm work, you know, because it makes your arms look really good, but also it's going to strengthen <laughs> the wrist. And we tend not to think about that too much with our arm exercises. Uh, that's one of my first go-to movements for people to have elbow and wrist problems over the course of time. Um, so, so throwing in some accessory exercises while we slowly ramp up some of the stress on the wrist in extended position. That's awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So James, uh, to, going back to your question, do you see how we really didn't talk about any of the intricate details of the hand that much either, right? That wasn't like the main points that we got across kind of with these things. Uh, I think there's a lot, lot of different ways that you can, you know, probably help people build their capacity to handle those workloads and then probably modify some things to help them with it. So hopefully that helped. If you have a question like that, head to the website, micronaldcom click on that podcast link and you can fill out a form and please head to iTunes. Is this still iTunes? Head to, head to Apple podcast and Spotify, uh, to subscribe, rate, in review and we'll see you on the next episode thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you have a question you'd like us to answer head to mikerinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and please share this with your friends to help spread the word it would really mean so much to us Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.